all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. Then I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. And I got that order right. I'm pretty sure last week we got both the beginning and the ending completely wrong. Yes, we did. <laughs> we, we were doing great last week. We were on our game. We were totally on the ball. Um, sorry, I just had Dr. Mario stuck in my head. Yes. We got a NES Classic today. And uh, already we have the theme song from Dr. Mario stuck in our heads. Yeah, and we didn't even know that theme song an hour ago. And now <laughs> we know the whole thing, and that's all we've been... That's Yeah, that's all that's been going through my mind. Yeah. And yeah. your mind. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so get yourself an NES Classic if you don't have one. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It is. Yeah. The, the controllers feel very small. They are. They're tiny. Like, even smaller than the original, do you think? I think so. Yeah. Maybe either, either that, that or they were making them for children back then, yeah. Either that or when I first had one, I was 12, and <laughs> obviously my hands have gotten bigger since right. then. Right. <laughs> so that, that could be it, too. Yeah, I never played... Well, I played Duck Hunt on um, my grandpa's Nintendo, but I never had a Nintendo. Just the Super NES we had, but not the original. But, yeah. Yeah, that was about, a little before my time. About half the games that... Because it comes with 30 games? Yeah, I think so. About half the games on there I've played. Okay. And the rest of them I've at least heard of. Yeah. So, except okay. for like one or two. There was, okay. There was like Balloon Land or something. Like, I was yeah. like, never heard of that one. Maybe it was based on the Balloon Fest. It could have been, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Made right after. Yeah. Um, the huge uh, rate, review, rescribe... Follow us at All Bad Things Pod, Insta, Twitter, and Facebook, and at gmail.com. Um, no particular housekeeping per se. Oh, several people very kindly have wished me well and hope that I feel better. I definitely do. Yeah, finally. So, yeah. Yeah. Still not 100%, but like way 95. better. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot better. So, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Um... Also, shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Abby, who um, who lost her grandpa this week. Yeah. Which is so sad. That is sad. So we certainly hope that their family is doing as well as they can. Um, grandpas are a soft spot for me because mine's getting up there yeah. and he's not doing so hot. No. He's in rehab right now, like physical rehab, not drug addiction rehab or whatever, but... Um, because he had pneumonia. It'd be more fun if it was both. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you I guess at his age it would be the same thing still. <laughs> if you're... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say that, like, oh, well, is a drug addiction a bad thing at 82? But <laughs> I don't know. Actually. I don't know either. <laughs> that so remains anyway, to be seen. Anyway, that just sounds like... Anyway. But, yes. So, um, our thoughts definitely go out to her. Um... It's never fun when bad things happen to us individually. Obviously, we talk about all these massive numbers of death, you know, but it's it's 
we're examining them as history, mm-hmm. not as, you know, something that's happening to people we know. So it's always very sad when something actually does happen yes. to people we know. I think that's part of what made the um, Humboldt bus crash so tough to talk about. Obviously, we don't personally know anybody who died in that crash, but it was so recent and so contemporaneous to what's going on now. And like, you know, these people, the survivors are still around, still almost the same age, everything. So it makes and it feel I, more real. I could uh, very much relate to it, too. Mm-hmm. So it's always hard when it hits what, close uh, to home. That's what got me about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, then this week should be much better because oh, we're... Are we doing the death of a town again, please? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, no. The death toll is not low on this one. <sighs> but we're reaching way back in history for this one. This is an historical disaster. Um, I did give you a hint. You did. That this had to do with an ancient civilization or a civilization that goes back has a long and storied history and you said that the first thing that came to your mind was egypt right which would make a lot of sense um one might also say like greece or something like that yeah it is name a name a country in the middle east right you're gonna gonna come close this is actually not about the middle east no what is it about as soon as i tell you the name i think you can guess what what country it relates to okay okay ready this is the story of the Wangong Chang Armory explosion. Wangong Chang. So it's China or Japan? China. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, have you ever heard of this? No. Neither had I until very, very recently, obviously, as I, obviously I heard of it when I started doing the research, but, oh, excuse me. All right. On May 30th, 1626, so we're going back almost 500 years, an explosion at the Wangong Chang Armory in Beijing, China, killed an estimated, any guesses? This is like throwing uh, out any number. I'll go, uh, let's see. Well, you said earlier it wasn't a low one, so I'll go, I'll go a thousand. 20,000 people. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. High casualty event what here. What the fuck? Yes. So. I gotta start giving higher death tolls. I, I <laughs> Just I in general. I don't want to. I feel, I feel like you've overestimated before, though, too. Probably. Yeah. Just to make up for my massive <laughs> underestimation that I've made several times before. Yeah. So. Um, oh, no. I said it was almost 500 years ago, didn't I? It's you did. Like it's 400. 400. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to correct you. Oh, like, well, that's sweet. <laughs> but I was wrong. It's mm-hmm. more like 400 years. I'll correct you when when we're trying to do meters. To, to feed again. <laughs> there we go. you usually do get that one that's wrong. That's true. <laughs> um, now, so 1626, that's like pilgrim days, right? Here Just in before. America? Just before. 1692? Was Plymouth Rock? Was it? Think so. Or are you just thinking 1492? No, that was Columbus. No, I know, but I'm oh. wondering if the 92 is from. Uh, it might be. It was 16 something. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was this early. Okay, like later 1600s I or something. I think so. We're so good at history. We're so good. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I have my you moments. Are, yeah. I have my moments. Yeah, it you're depends not bad. on what it is. Yeah. For some reason, the pilgrims <laughs> can't remember. Yeah. Um, so. 1620. 20. Is the Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock, okay. All right. I could be wrong again, but that just (laughs) popped out in my mind. Okay. 
So as always, we'll begin with our geography and history corners. Um, now, this is an especially historic disaster because it was so many years ago. Um, so we'll get a little more into it, especially because China, like I said, does not have a short history. This they is do not. a long time civilization. So, so this disaster took place in Beijing, China, um, which is the capital mm-hmm. of China. So. Uh, Host of the 2008 Summer Olympics. That's right. That's what that bird's nest stadium was it built for, right? Oh. I think that's pretty cool. It looks as a piece of architecture. It's very cool. Um, we're very into architecture um, documentaries. On yes, Netflix, we are. So. Um, now, China, as we've learned in our previous episodes, is currently the most populous country in the world. Because yes. we talked about India being right behind it's it. the second, yes. Right. So there's um, almost 1.4 billion people in China. Mm-hmm. India is just behind that. Thank God they have a huge landmass. They do. They do. Well, that's why India has a smaller landmass and is so densely populated mm-hmm. as a result. At, to my knowledge, there's still a lot of rural area of China. I mean, people bitch about in this country how overcrowded some places are. Yet, right. if you went into the, like the middle of the heartland, there's plenty of oh yeah, plenty of room. Plus, geographically <laughs> speaking, we're a huge country. Yes, like, we are. Um, land wise, we're yeah, we're which we're gonna get into in a minute. Um, uh, yes, I said it's thankfully quite easy to find on a map given its size. Um, now, where do you think China ranks as largest geographic landmass? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say third. Okay, and who do you think is in front? Uh, Russia. Okay. And um, Russia being one. Yes. And then Canada, I think. Okay. Yeah. You are correct. Oh, about yeah. one and two. Oh damn it! China's, China's four. four. Somebody else is three. It's not us. Yes, it is. Is, is it yeah. really? Yeah, by landmass, the United States is larger. I thought China was bigger. Okay. No. If you look at it on a map, like obviously it's huge, and maps are distorted anyway, but um, it's huge, but Russia obviously dwarfs it. Um, and Russia, as the USSR, was even bigger. Right. Um, but and, and yeah, I remember that Canada's bigger than we are. Mm-hmm. But then you do kind of forget, especially with Alaska, how big the U.S. It really That's is. That's true. You do. And Alaska is almost as big like as like half, half of, of the yeah, U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that crazy. adds a lot to it. But um, not that anybody really wants. To, well, I kind of want to go there. But oh, I would like to go to Alaska. Never want to live there. Yeah. There's. Um, the host of Murder Under the Midnight Sun yes. is an Alaska resident and native, I believe. And uh, some of the pictures and stuff, especially of screenshots of the temperature and stuff, are pretty staggering. Well, my, my cousin Ray was stationed there for oh, really? a year, two years. Okay. He was stationed there for a little bit. Wow. Um, so Beijing is in the northeastern part of China, but like it's still a fair schlep from the border with North Korea, even though North Korea is kind of on the on the far eastern part of China. But North Korea does share like a sliver of a border. Oh, it, it definitely shares a border with yeah. China. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, it does. Um, Beijing is about 160 kilometers, which is roughly 100 miles from the Yellow Sea. And is just a little further, as far as miles go, from Tangshan. Do you remember? Yeah, the earthquake. The earthquake, yes. yes. So it, it's, um, that that's like where our, our other Chinese disaster That was like our place. 11th episode. Yeah, it was. Something it was, like I that. I feel like it was pretty early, yeah. Um, now, Beijing is the most populous 
capital city in the world. Okay. Uh, any idea of the metro population? You want to take any stab at that? I'll go like 30 million. Well, see, there's your overestimate. Um, it's 24. Oh, okay. 24 million. I thought Mexico City was like 25, and isn't Mexico City a capital? It, it doesn't matter. I would have to look yeah, all that exactly. up. Exactly. It don't doesn't know. matter. <laughs> um, so the largest populous Capital city. Right. So the, the most populous capital city. Now, here's the thing. I just gave you the metro area. Mm-hmm. It is, if I'm not mistaken, the most populous city proper. Okay. Met, um, capital city. So that might be, maybe Mexico City's metro area is actually larger, but the actual city proper, city limits sure. might be different. So maybe yeah. that's where that comes from. But anyway, there's a lot of people in Beijing. Yeah. <laughs> So the geo- fucking twenty four million. Yeah, I can't even imagine. We have we have like four hundred and twenty thousand, and that's good enough. Yeah, good yeah, enough right? for me. I know. <laughs> so the geography corner wasn't too bad, but here's where we're going to start getting into the history of China. Um, now China goes way back. <laughs> um, Beijing. You don't, you don't say. I know Beijing itself, like the the city of Beijing, has evidence of being inhabited by Homo sapiens from the Paleolithic period, about twenty seven thousand years ago. Um, but as far as civilizations as we know it go, that dates back to about two thousand BC. Mm-hmm. So, um, much of the country's history can be traced through dynasties. Which some of which we've probably heard of, including the dynasty we're about to talk about, um, and there were there were so many dynasties with such rich history. Like I'm not even I'm not I can't even name them all, you know. Um, so I'm just going to focus on the dynasty at hand for this story, which is probably one most of us have heard of, the Ming Dynasty. I was I was going to say yeah. that, but I, I do not know my. Chinese history. I know, for right? Shit. I only know it by name. Yeah. Like as as far as it was like if she asked goes. me, I'll throw that one out. Well, that's that was maybe like I'll a, be correct. That's the only one I know been, of. Yeah, yeah. Um. So all I all I, I, I knew. Know, I know him and Mao, but Mao is not a dynasty. Mm. <laughs> Ming is not a person. Oh, okay. There's an yeah. So we'll oh, we'll go into that, that a little bit well, too. There yeah, we go. yeah. Um. So uh, prior to doing any of this research, all I knew about the Ming Dynasty was that they had vases <laughs> like that were well known, Ming vases or okay. Ming vases, right? Um, and they were known for their porcelain. China was known for its porcelain during that period, and that's well, why it's Ming like vases a, are. It's like when I was growing up, every mom had their good set of china. China, yep, and it's called China. That's right. Um, so the Ming Dynasty was originally known as the Great Ming Empire. What was actually going on? It lasted from about 1368 to 1644 CE. So right? just under 300 years. Yes, a, it was uh, pretty good run. like 200. I did like, the math like at one point. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Um, prior to it's the good run. Yeah, oh yeah. Prior to the Ming Dynasty was the Yuan Dynasty, which had been established by Kublai Khan. Does that heard sound that familiar? Too, yes. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those historical names you probably heard of, and if I've heard of them, most people probably have because I homeschooled myself. So <laughs> yeah. um, you skipped the history books. Yes, the Yuan Dynasty lasted about 109 years, so the Ming Dynasty outlived it by quite a bit, more than double. Um, but the Yuan Dynasty had its roots in Genghis Khan. Okay. So there Another is a person name you definitely heard, heard of, of, right? Um, the main like likely to be. Um, I was listening to this paleontologist that was on 
Joe Rogan's podcast uh-huh. a while ago. He was saying Genghis Khan is likely to be the biggest mass murderer in history. I've heard that too. They were like he literally changed like the genetic code for like certain regions of the earth. And it's I've like, heard that too. It's like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, like far it's, out kind of shit. It's so long ago that like most of us don't have a, a real grasp of it. No. But, but yeah, I've heard that too. That he was like yeah, he just had barbarians hardcore, just fucking yes, storm everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let's go back to that area. <laughs> Fuck that. I'll play it in a video game. That's as, clo- right. that's as close as I want to get to it. So the main takeaway I got about the Yuan Dynasty um, is that it was established by and was part of the Mongol Empire, okay. led by Genghis Khan. Uh, the later days of the Yuan Dynasty were rough. Lots of infighting, natural disasters, like drought sure. and flooding, which led to famine. Um, so... Okay, there's going to be a lot of pronunciation here, right? We know that. Zhu Yuanzhang, the Hongwu Emperor, led a rebellion that led to the final downfall of the Yuan Dynasty in 1368. So he established the next dynasty, which he called Daming, which means great brightness. Okay. So that's what the name Ming comes from. It was it was bestowed. It was a name that was given. So it was kind of like a philosophy more than it was like an actual ruler. Well... Kind of. It, it, was, it was an empire. Sure. Right? So um, there was a succession plan, mainly of, like, well, I'm the emperor, and one of my kids is going to become the next emperor, one of their kids is going to become the next emperor, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, a, like, my impression of a dynasty is basically, like, a family, almost like a monarchy um, established, except on a uh, a less voluntary basis. <laughs> yeah, much more much more like barbarians you, taking over neighborhoods and shit. You don't shit. hear about empires anymore. <laughs> it's sort of a You certainly didn't hear about peaceful transfers of power back in this time. Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted power, they just took it. Exactly like this guy just led a rebellion. Yeah. I mean not just led a rebellion, but still. Succeeded. Yes. So unlike the Mongol-led Yuan dynasty, the Ming dynasty was um, led by Han Chinese, which is an ethnic group of East Asia that still accounts. So of the current world population, 18% of all human beings are Han Chinese. Wow. So, and that makes sense because obviously China is the most populous country. Asia's a hugely populated continent, um, and this being an East Asian ethnic group, that makes perfect sense. So, um, so at the time, obviously, um, and we like to think it doesn't matter as much, but um, the ethnic lines and who had leadership ethnically was a big deal too. Oh, of so course. that's it was a change from from There's, Mongolian people to Han Chinese. We've mentioned this before going back this far in history. There's no such thing as human rights at this yeah, point in time. Really. <laughs> they, no. They barely exist now. Yeah. Imagine what they were like, you know, 400 years ago. Right. Um, now the map of the Ming dynasty was not the same as modern China. Like, if you look at the borders of China now, that's not what it was. Um, It was much smaller, geographically speaking. I literally just looked at a map (laughs) of the the outline, sort of, of the um, Ming Dynasty era China. Just gave it a glance. Yeah, and then looked at a map of modern China. I'd say it's, like, roughly a third of the size. 
geographically, something like that. Anyway. Current day China or this? This, the Ming Dynasty was only about a third, third of the size of, of modern day. China. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, now, like I said, that's just eyeballing, but uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff about the, oh, here we go, I did figure it out, about the history of the 276 years of the Ming Dynasty um, that I'm not going to get into, but, like, for example, uh, Zhu Yongzhang, the original emperor of the Ming Dynasty, had over 100,000 people killed because he was paranoid that they were plotting against him. But sounds, anyway. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, to be fair, if any person that was that paranoid today could have 100,000 people killed, they probably would. Yes, it's, it's a human thing. Paranoid people like to like to try and assuage their paranoia. So yeah. if you think people are after you, you might want to get rid of them. <laughs> so the main thing that we'll put into context here as it pertains to the disaster, um, it, this happened in 1626. I put 1629, which is not correct at all. 1626, which is, now I have to redo my math, like 20, no, 18 years before the end of the Ming Dynasty. So this is kind of near the later days of the Ming Dynasty. Okay. Um, And the dynasty near the end was starting to have some problems, obviously, or it wouldn't have gotten overthrown for the next dynasty, right? Um... And the biggest problem was that they were having an economic crisis uh, due to a shortage of silver. So that was the main currency of the Ming Empire was silver, but there was a shortage. Um, now, they also had problems with a famine, uh, similar to like what happened near the end of the Yuan Dynasty, which was fueled by the Little Ice Age. Does that sound familiar? This kind of sounded familiar to me. That, that the same one we covered? We we or did we, we cover talked about one? it. We talked about it in the year without a summer. That this that there was a period known as the as the little ice age um, of overall cooling on the earth that lasted from about 1300 to about 1850, which included the year without a summer, which exacerbated the year without the the eruption and the year without a summer. Um, so this was right in the middle of that, and the Little Ice Age caused drought in the Ming Dynasty, so that caused famine, and Mm -hmm. so there's economic problems and famine, so it was just a mess. Economic problems lead to social problems. That's very true. Uh, so the emperor in power at the time of this explosion was Zhu Yuzhao, or the Tanxi Emperor. Uh, his rule began when he was 15 years old. So he was a young'un. Of course it did. Uh, and he became the emperor when his father died. His father was 38 when he died um, and had only ruled for a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then he had a bad bout of diarrhea and died. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't think he just died of diarrhea. My sure. guess is he had some sort of disease that manifested itself and then died. I mean, this is 1626. Medicine. This was before they even, like, got into bleeding people out and shit. <laughs> bloodletting or whatever. That was also uh, a serious cause of death during the Civil War. Was bloodletting? Diarrhea. Oh, yeah, because of uh, dehydration and electrolyte mm-hmm. imbalance. Yeah, diarrhea is not something to mess around with. Like, now, in modern day, it's like, whatever. Well, but, I mean, it still can be a problem to Sure, but back then, you know, you didn't have... Right. 
Gatorade. <laughs> no. You, had no, you didn't have Pepto-Bismol. You didn't right. have anything like that. X-Lax or whatever. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You just had to get through it. Yeah. Some people didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, some of this history is pretty crazy, but Zhu Yuzhao, the Tang Chi emperor, was basically like a puppet figurehead emperor. Um, he was illiterate. And so he couldn't read any court documents or anything. That's not, that's not good. And he was not interested in academics at all. That's even he, worse. He was a woodworker. He liked just being a carpenter. Well, that, that was I mean, his thing. That's okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. If you're just a carpenter. Exactly. <laughs> um, but he was expected to... Yeah, he was uh, in the wrong line of work. an empire. Yes, he definitely was. But here's the thing. Because he didn't really care about any of this leadership stuff it kind of left a power vacuum oh yeah and as a result a court eunuch named Wei Zhangchan and the emperor's wet nurse a woman named Madame K uh basically became the real rulers of the Ming dynasty uh and they were the ones pulling the strings they were behind the scenes people and this led to living conditions not being so great mm. um, during Zhu Yu Jiao's rule. So Beijing was the capital of the Ming Empire as well, and it was the most populous city in the world at the time. I'm sure, yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably for like a century leading up say, to it's it. It's probably always been in like the top five, <laughs> right? Right. Since as long as we can go back, um, there were between seven hundred thousand and a million people. Which, which 400 years ago was, was a lot. ridiculous. It doesn't sound like so much now. No. Yeah. Um, it was also the site of the Wangong Chang Armory. Uh, now, there were several armories in Beijing at the time. The Ming Empire was in a bit of an arms race. Now, when we hear the term arms race, we think like Cold War nuclear, uh, nuclear weaponry sort of thing. But like that's obviously not what was going on. It was just weapons, period, that were... You know, they were trying to have more weapons than their enemies, basically. Um, the Manchu people of northeast China were kind of the main people that they were in this arms race with. Um, spoiler alert, the Manchus ended up being the next ones in power in the next dynasty, the Qing dynasty, which overlapped in its early years with the Ming dynasty. See, this is why I only got into this much mm-hmm. history. It just gets really convoluted. Other, and, otherwise, it would just be a History Channel podcast. Right, for exactly, this exactly. Um, the Wangong Chang Army Armory, sorry, had between seventy and eighty people working there. Um, it stored arrows, knives, swords, cannons, and gunpowder. And in order to protect the armory, they built the armories inside the walls of the city. Sure. Which place the armories in, in residential areas, mm-hmm. basically. We kind of are seeing where this is all Now going. we see where the death toll is coming yeah. from. So now let's talk a little bit about gunpowder. Now, part of the reason I'm getting so much into a lot of this context is because as far as the actual disaster goes, there's only minimal information. So I'm just trying sure. to put this all in historic context. Sure. Um, the Chinese people were actually the ones to discover gunpowder. Yes, yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. I did not know. But I literally have, like, zero knowledge of any firearm history (laughs) or explosive history. That's the little that I do have. Where did you learn that? Um, I I think I did learn that in high school. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is an important 
weapon. Oh, it's a uh, it's a very important element. Yes, in weaponry. element. That's the, still exists. Still is used oh, today. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, it was discovered sometime, likely in the seventh century CE or AD. Yeah, I didn't know it went back that far. Yes. Um, specifically, do you remember how it was discovered? No. So this is like in the 600s, literally, you know, right? So obviously... <laughs> the, the good old days. <laughs> obviously, life's a lot different back then, and alchemists sure. were looking right. for the elixir of life. Basically mm. something you could drink or eat that would make you live forever. Spoiler alert again, that's not a real thing, but alchemists in the 600s didn't know any better. So while they were trying to create this elixir of life, they ironically <laughs> discovered gunpowder, the elixir of death, <laughs> destruction. And in, in retrospect, they discovered something that made your life shorter. Yes, and would kill so many people over the centuries. So Th- through the rest of t- through the rest of time. Yes, yeah, literally. Up until today. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so what they had actually found was a mixture of sulfur, sulfur, charcoal, and potassium nitrate, or gunpowder. Uh, so interestingly, and oh damn it, I meant to ask Lee about this. Our listener Lee, who's um, a former arson investigator, I feel like he would know, be able to explain this a little bit better to me. I meant to ask him, but maybe he can help us. Um, Correct if there's anything that I need to correct about this after the fact. But gunpowder is considered... Tweet at us. Yeah. (laughs) Gunpowder is considered a low explosive as opposed to a high explosive. So the difference is when something... uh, Or wait, hold on a sec. Okay. High explosives detonate, low explosives, explosives deflagrate. Okay. So there's yeah. two different things. Um, the difference is when something detonates, the chemical reaction creates a supersonic shockwave, meaning greater than the speed of sound, right? Um, deflagration is a combustion that is driven by the transfer of heat at subsonic speeds, so it's not greater than the speed of sound. And hence, I don't think there's the bang. The bang is coming from the sonic boom, mm-hmm. basically breaking the sound barrier, I think. Yeah. At us, Lee. Sure. <laughs> Let us know if that's right. I'll go but with anyway, that. so it doesn't mean that uh, it's audience. <laughs> yes. It, it doesn't mean that it's any. So if if gunpowder is set alight, it doesn't detonate. It deflagrates. Doesn't mean it's any safer. It just um, it's just what the actually impact happens. Is yeah, different. When, yes, it's just what actually happens when it activates. So by, yeah, Demetrius agrees. Oh, everybody who loves Demetrius, because we ha- I think he has more fans than we do. Um, we came up with a new nickname for him. He is now Moose Moose, <laughs> <laughs> which we learned of, uh, is an Israeli city, right? Which we learned of in the world's most extraordinary homes. Something. <laughs> yes, anyway, <laughs> he's our little Moose Moose now. Cute cat update. Yes. Uh, by around 1000 CE or AD, uh, gunpowder was being used in warfare applications. So it came a long way from its elixir of life days. Um, in China, they used what they called fire lances, which were like the really precursor early days to what would eventually become firearms. Okay. Um, and during that was during the 12th century, um, as well as bombs. And by the late 13th century, they had developed the hand cannon. 
which mm. was the first true firearm. Uh, most of the early development of gunpowder actually really did just take place in China. It wasn't until the 1200s, the 13th century, that gunpowder, the idea, the concept of gunpowder and the creation of gunpowder traveled along the silk trade route to Europe and other parts of the world. And that's how it spread into being a greater technology. So, all right, here we are. Late Ming Dynasty, <laughs> Beijing. Armory filled with gunpowder. What is this about again? What could possibly go wrong? I'm kidding. (laughs) I know. So, on May 30th, 1626, around 9 a.m. local time, a large plume of smoke began rising out of the Wangontang Armory. It was soon followed by an incredibly huge explosion. People almost 40 kilometers or 25 miles away heard the explosion and felt the ground shake. Now, understandably... That's, that's, that's almost like Oklahoma City. It's almost about the same really? impact that, ratio. Okay. Yep. Um, now, obviously, a lot of people thought that there had been an earthquake, which would make mm-hmm. sense if the ground is rumbling. Um, witnesses, yeah, witnesses also saw what has been described as a mushroom-shaped cloud of smoke coming up from the, the site. So the smoke began to clear and debris, which included building parts and in some cases human body parts, uh, started raining down all over Beijing. Uh, An area of two square kilometers or 1.25 miles surrounding the armory had been completely obliterated. Jesus. Uh, And Wow. Yeah. And half of the entire geographical city of Beijing had been affected in some form or fashion. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Victims were found, the the ones that any remains were found of, were found decapitated. Just, yeah, a mess. And then, and this will come up a little later, some were nude and their clothes were entirely in different places. Or burned off them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Um, Now, with... In, as with any high casualty incident, especially an historic one, uh, the casualties were only estimated, but it is thought that somewhere around 20,000 people died in the explosion, which um, was a lot of people. <laughs> Still is. Yes. <laughs> and it made it one of the deadliest peacetime explosions in recorded history. Jesus. All right. So, like, for the most part, that's all you know about the... The disaster itself, which is why I gave so much preamble and why we're going to get into the aftermath and the rest of it now a little bit deeper. So here's here's the thing. This incident sort of went the way of the Dyatlov Pass incident okay. as far as there being a lot of speculation and a fair number of conspiracy theories. Sure. So we're going to get into that now. Oh, conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. Really? Yep. We're, we're Alex Jonesing it. <laughs> you know I'm not going to give any... No. No quarter to such nonsense, no. but I will mention it. But anyway. Um, and the controversy started pretty much right away. Uh, our friend Zhu Yujiao, the Tanti Emperor... Sure. ...who was only 21 at this point, the kid who started when he was 15 and just wanted to be a carpenter... Um, had no use for academia or yeah. reading. Um, well, he was like, oh, well, obviously what happened is um, 
that this is punishment from heaven. <laughs> Obviously. That's what I would have thought. Um, Actually, in 400 years ago, that is what I would have thought. <laughs> so, uh, I, I guess maybe that indicates that he also was not too happy about how things were going in Beijing no. and for him as an emperor. So, anyway. He probably thought of it as a sign and not a very good one. Yeah. And not just because he was a puppet emperor, but because he said this shit, people were not happy with him. So, um, Now, to this day, the blast has been the matter of a lot of speculation. No single theory has been conclusively proven. This was too long ago. They, they, sure. There's no forensics that can be done. It can only be pieced back together. Do you get into what that area is today at all? Shit, no, I didn't even look that up. Oh, okay. That would have been smart. I imagine it just got, I mean, because I, mean, I guess geographically, in, it's still, still in Beijing. Beijing so yeah. it's probably built on top oh, of it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I was sure. just curious, like, what neighborhood or whatever, where yeah, it might no, be. Yeah, no, I didn't look into That would have been smart. I'm sorry, I didn't look into that. It's okay. Um, Audience members. <laughs> look it up. Look into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. So we'll get into some of the theories here and end with what the most likely and what was eventually concluded to be the most likely theory was. Um, so yeah, this just happened so long ago, um, and knowledge of just about everything modern was so limited back then compared to today, and records were not sufficient, you know. It's Plus, just, we're also talking in an age of dynasties, where they're keeping a lid on things and just making up whatever they want to make up. Possibly, yeah. I mean, so. really, I mean, who's who do they have to account for? yeah. Yeah, or I'm sorry, who's holding them accountable? Right. Nobody. Right. So. Yeah. So one thing that a bunch of people kind of cling on to as being a sticking point is the accounts of the mushroom cloud. That's crazy. Yeah. So obviously in our modern society, what do we associate a mushroom cloud with? Obviously an atomic bomb. Right. So nuclear attack is what we think of that. Um, and some weirdos on Reddit I actually did go to Reddit for this one. <laughs> In fact, so little information was on um, Wikipedia that this was mostly from other sites. So there are stories that I've researched too, where you got to you got to dig a little bit more. <laughs> you do, yeah. And um, some weirdos on Reddit were like suggesting there were time traveling nuclear bombers, and that's just bullshit. <laughs> But of course, that's some. That's what somebody on Reddit would say. Yes, and obviously they're trolls and didn't mean it seriously. But whatever. Um, others speculate that there was some sort of like natural underground nuclear discharge, which I guess okay, um, maybe. But then something. Now I didn't look into what's on the modern day site, but you would think they would have done like um, radiation readings in that area to find out or would have noticed weird radiation readings by now also maybe not i mean we're talking so long we're talking about china china is still a pretty sketchy country and i don't know if sketchy is the right word yeah oh yeah that's that's a proper term for them but um (laughs) that's the proper term (laughs) yes it is their government is definitely sketchy yeah that's what i mean i'm not i'm not talking about their people the government is sketchy um so, yeah, if they had to move people into a village that was on top of a radiator, they wouldn't give a shit. Well, like they, anyway. Um, anywho. Anyway, yes. The thing is, like, mushroom cloud sounds super weird, but 
it is possible for any number of explosions from deflagrations to detonations with enough energy behind them to form a mushroom cloud. Volcanoes have formed a type of mushroom cloud. Yeah, I wouldn't so doubt that. So it's, it's highly possible that it was just such a force. And if it wiped out over a square mile of land, clearly this was a high force explosion that that could have been the, the reason for the, the appearance of a mushroom cloud. But here's the other thing. I kind of feel like the idea of a mushroom cloud could be a misinterpretation of what witnesses really saw. Like, would anyone have called it a mushroom cloud back then? I well, feel like maybe, that's not well, a modern but, vernacular. But why did they call it a mushroom cloud when they first saw the atomic bomb? Maybe because that's kind of what it looked like. I, I guess. You know? I guess maybe. Or, you know, it's it's possible that people didn't actually see an actual mushroom bomb sure. or mushroom cloud. Um I mean, wouldn't witnesses have been, like, scared shitless, basically, at the time? Well, they they probably were. Accurate accounts? I don't know. Um, Or, like I said, also possible that it was just an explosion with enough energy to cause a mushroom cloud. It It doesn't mean nuclear. (laughs) It could have been sabotage, or it could have been a plain accident. We're talking about a a place that... Well, that's another thing, is that, yeah, potentially We're talking about a place that stored, at the time... Uh, munitions right. for that era, mm-hmm. but gunpowder being one of them, if you have enough of it yep. in a concentrated area, yep. of course it can cause an, ex- right. uh, an explosion. Right. Now, I didn't get into the possibility of sabotage for a couple of things. One, it like there's zero evidence yeah. for it. Two, it would actually make this something we shouldn't cover. Oh, that's right. It would. <laughs> it would make it a crime. It would. Yes. Um, but also, there's no... Like, nobody even brought that up as a possibility. So I feel like either, like, there was just no evidence whatsoever. My immediate thinking was somebody accidentally knocked over a torch. Maybe, yeah. An accident, just a sheer accident. Yeah, there's obviously no electricity back then. Right. So somebody knocked over a torch into a barrel of gunpowder gunpowder that went off, which set off all the, and then like a chain reaction. Yeah. That could very easily, it's obviously a very combustible material and they're probably, they don't know at the time. So they're probably all storing it in one place. Yeah. Instead of separating it. Maybe. You know, like the thing with the x-ray film at the Cleveland. Yeah. They didn't Uh know not to Uh keep it all in one place, that it was that toxic. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but now they, but now they do. Right. Unfortunately, Unfortunately <laughs> it was a hard lesson learned. A couple hundred people, had, or a little over a hundred people, yeah. had to die for that one. But yeah. this one is twenty thousand. Yeah, estimated. Yes. Um, other theories included a meteor strike and an alien attack. Um, I'll take the meteor strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm, I do not think it was an alien attack. Um, for the record, I do not count out the possibility of intelligent life in a universe. Um, in fact, I actually think it's pretty likely. Sure. But I don't think they've gotten in touch with us yet in a way that we can understand. So, um, including an attack. I don't think it was an alien attack. Henry Zabrowski would be very disappointed. <laughs> he would. Sorry, Henry. <laughs> so I think that theory is kind of stupid. But as for a meteor strike, first off, like I only saw a passing reference to that as a possibility. Also, wouldn't someone have witnessed 
Yeah, I literally saw something falling from the sky. If they noticed the mushroom well, clouds, somebody well, would have fucking seen well, that. Well, maybe they did, and they were just one of the people that died in the explosion, so they couldn't tell anybody. But people around would have seen it, too. I guess, too. yeah. It, I feel like there would have been witnesses, but anyway. Um, and also, like, wouldn't there have been some sort of remains of the meteor? But do they know what? Do they even know what a meteor is at this time? Do they even like, know? Well, there's to, this big round thing in the middle. <laughs> but it, anyway, but it embeds itself far into Earth if it's that big to cause an explosion. So anyway, they were, I, I, I don't know. It's, like I said, knows? it was only in passing, and I don't think that. That's I'm going to guess it was just a plain old accident. One, either that or sabotage. That's my. That was my first two. Well, okay. Thoughts. So in 2013, researchers in the U.S. and China published a paper with a new theory. And this is not the final one that I'm going to agree with, but that the explosion was actually caused by a huge tornado. Um, And that most of the surrounding damage was because of the tornado, not just the explosion. Okay. So they came to this conclusion from the eyewitness records. Specifically, they picked up on the nude bodies found separated from their clothing, like the wind had ripped off their clothing. Um, and the fact that some witnesses reported hearing a rumbling sound. And, you know, obviously tornadoes have been described as sounding like a freight train. Oh, yeah. You know, so that would kind of make sense. Yes, I've heard um, one. So they concluded that the rumbling sound was from a tornado and that the tornado hit the Wangong Cheng Armory. That set off its gunpowder. So it was a tornado mm. plus an explosion. Wow. And then... The gunpowder fueled back into the tornado. That's fucking crazy. It's like a super tornado. It's like, like so, a gunpowder. It's, it's like tornado. something from a Bioshock I Infinite. I know, right? It's pretty. It's pretty steampunk. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine seeing that? A tornado that's on fire. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? I know. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> no wonder they thought it was hell coming down on Earth. Right. Um, Holy shit! Now I doubt that that happened. But it's just, in my mind, it right. seems really cool. I just hope I never see it, because obviously <laughs> if I do, it's the last thing I'll see. Right. So, while I would like to elaborate on this, because this is fascinating, this is literally all the information I could find on that theory. So, so whatever, but... I'm going to go to China and find out more. <laughs> and learn to speak Chinese? I will. Okay. Yes. Um, so, I guess it's interesting sounding, and potentially plausible, um, but I tend to agree with this final theory, which was concluded in 1986 at a conference in China that was investigating the explosion. So, um, and this is, this is something, too, that I've been thinking of. It's come up in, like, a couple podcasts I've been listening to, and just, sorry, there's no pictures this week. Um, just... You know, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, watch a lot of documentaries and stuff, and there's also been a lot of coverage on how, you know, like, a lot of true crime documentaries are about they got the wrong guy, you know, like making a murderer and um, an innocent man and all that sort of idea. When there, and and there's been op-eds and stuff written about, is this skewing our view of crime to think that, like, because innocent people getting railroaded are overrepresented in true crime documentaries and coverage, are we losing sight of the fact that that's a, such a small minority of cases? And that usually... 
Well, it's Most it's the uh, it's it's the sexier of the cases. Exactly, but in reality, oh, it's sure usually it's, a lot simpler than that. In reality, the ones where they got the person wrong, 20 percent, maybe. Oh, I don't know the percentages, uh, but anyway, okay. it's just like the um, it's it's like what I think of with O.J. Simpson. I mean, you can look at all the glove does not fit, and and then the whole like, well, he was taking what was it? He was taking some pill to make his he hands stopped taking, stopped taking pill. pills, which made his hands bigger. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like when I first when you were watching the O.J. Um, what was the one you kept watching a thousand times? <laughs> um, made in America. That's right. Um, and how many times have you watched Frasier now? Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, of all things, <laughs> and The Office, and there's a lot of other stuff I've watched a million times. But anyway, um, when I saw that, I like I didn't know much about the actual OJ case. I did not know that he um, had abused his wife. That he had, there had been domestic violence calls and stuff. So when I saw it, I was like, this is the simplest case in the world. Yeah. He's a domestic abuser. He killed his wife. How easy is that? Um, But anyway, I, so I've been thinking about this idea about how we're always looking for the CSI version of events, you know, where it's like, no, it's not the person you think, but it's not the person you least suspect either, because then you would most suspect. It's like everything's a, a hoodwink and a, and, and uh, like, oh, here's all this complication. And then the narrator comes on, the narrator, it's like, it's been me all along. <laughs> right? Yeah, the unreliable narrator, all that stuff. But so I've been thinking about Occam's Razor. Yeah. Um, like the idea, the, the law of parsimony. The simplest solution tends to be the right one. Is Basically, that, there's yeah. a lot of... Um, there's a lot of uh, paraphrases of it. Sure. But yes, that the most likely solution is the simplest one. Mm. Like, you don't have to make things yeah. overly complicated. So that's what I think in this case. This was an armory filled with gunpowder. How fucking easy would it be for that to go off? Yes, maybe sabotage. Yes, maybe an accident. Or what they concluded in this conference is that it was due to a natural gas leak. That was somehow sparked that fueled the gunpowder. Interesting. So okay. that was what they came up with. Um, and this is the part where I'm like, um, okay. They concluded that there also had been some form of an earthquake. So that there was an earthquake that leaked gas that set off the gunpowder. And they would be able to pin earthquakes down even going back that far. Well, but see, of, here's uh, the thing. I don't know that they did. I didn't find reference that they they were able to. Through, I've seen... No, 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 I know you say they can, but I didn't find no, any no, no. reference in this case. Just to explain, like, they'll go back and dig up however many feet of rock to see if there was, like, a no. sudden change. Whatever. I know, I'm just saying I don't know that they yeah. did that in this case. Or but, if it was just a speculation. They, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Alright. So, basically... I would think somebody would have. I don't basically, know. Basically... From what I can tell, this has never been conclusively decided. Like, it's been, uh, there's been conclusions made, but nothing that's like, here, this proves it. So that's, that's That's kind of where it. It's also so long ago. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, But regardless, I would think an armory in Ming Dynasty era China would not be the safest place in the world to hang out, out around and. 20,000 people died as a result. And that, my friends, was the Ming... Wait. 
That's the why. That's why. That's why I turned it over. Explosion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that one. It's just weird, isn't it? It is and interesting. I'm still going with an accident. Yeah, it would make sense. An accidental detonation, although a natural gas involvement would also explain why it was so powerful. See, or it I could just, just be the, the just, sheer volume of gunpowder. I mean, by that time, they must have had so much of it. I mean, they probably have... Well, if they were in an arms race, have, they were hoarding it. They probably have alchemists working at it all <laughs> right? day. I mean, really. So, yeah, I'm sure somebody, yeah, like I said, accidentally knocked over a torch. Yeah, maybe. And a little bit went off, and then a little bit more, and next thing you know... And munitions explosions still happen to these to this day. Yes. Oh, yes. Armories <laughs> so are not safe they're not, places. They're not the safest place no, to work. No, no. <laughs> or be around. No. As these 20,000, like the 20,000 people, there were 70 or 80 people working in the armory. Yeah. And 20, Almost everyone else was a civilian yeah. <laughs> around. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so. Pretty crazy story, huh? Yeah. I, I. I love going back to the historical ones sometimes just for the fact that nobody really knows. So it's kind of always a speculation. It's kind of fun involved. to still have a a little mystery involved. Yeah, that the the other shoe hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. Most likely it's is, not going is to. Is never going to. Yeah. There's a lot more priority now than digging back 400 years to figure out why this armory exploded. Well, I think the priority now would just be like make it a part of history like hey, this thing happened. Like just to preserve the mm-hmm. the story of it. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Because, for all we know, it could be the first armory explosion. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is pretty so, far back. I mean, yeah. swords and helmets and stuff and the, shields, yeah, last I gonna, checked, they don't explode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and it makes sense that the first armory explosion would be in China because they were the ones who came up with gunpowder in the first place. Yeah, and had tons of so, it, probably. yeah. Who knows how much they had. Even though other countries did have it by now, by that by then, time. By then, sure. By 1626. What are you looking at? Your your. Uh, no, I'm just making sure I get this thing right. It's oh, a, Wang Gong Chang. It's a long word. <laughs> it's literally just Wang Gong and Chang. I know, but there's a lot of G's and C's. Wang Gong Chang. So it's it's making me uh it's making my eyes hazy. <laughs> a lot of consonants in this word. <laughs> yes, there's a lot a lot of G's. There's one, two, four. three, four G's. Yes, exactly. Um. So we do have time. Can I do my editorial? Or go, should I go, not? We can always cut it out. <laughs> go for it. If you feel... Uh, Led by the spirit. Yes. <laughs> so this is just going to be a short editorial. The disaster is is done. So if you're like, okay, I don't give a shit. Don't want to listen to your banter. Out. Then goodbye. Um, you feel free. Although you are going to miss how I pronounce what we That's just talked true. about. So you might want to stick around just for that. Um, but this is this is just a, a short rant slash editorial. Um, someone mentioned to us that they're stopping listening to our podcast because um, they listen to hear about disasters and not our political views, which I'm pretty sure was when I said that Justin Trudeau was my president <laughs> in the... Or it could have been when we said we both hope Trump goes to jail. Oh, that could be it too. <laughs> Or it could be I got suspended from Twitter <laughs> for a week. True. When you suggested <laughs> because, kill himself, because I suggested he should kill himself. Okay. So or it could have been all three. He could have been like a few times. He could have been like, okay, I'll take the first jab. I'll take the second, the third. Okay, I'm out. I'm done. 
So there's there's something Anywho. there's something um, I feel I, I want to discuss with with our audience just as both a podcaster and a great consumer of podcasts. I listen sure. to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, we both do. Yes, um, and I love them. And here's the thing: um, podcasts are a super cool medium. Uh, they are almost always free. Right? Like, really, the only stuff that's not free is... As if you want to get a premium something to something that already is free. Exactly. If you just want extra content. Exactly. And then the fun part is, too, that there it's not like live TV or something. You can fast forward if you don't want to listen to a part. They Some have ads, and you can still skip through the ads. You know, some people don't like the banter, so they'll skip through the banter part, listen to the other part. That's all cool. And that's one of the really cool things about podcasts. Um, But there are some people in this world who feel the need to really get, like, criticize people. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about basically any podcast um, when they're getting free content. And I think that's really shitty. Like, if you're getting something for free... As someone's working really hard at, because trust me, as slipshod as our <laughs> believe it or not, we actually shift. we actually do put work into it. Yes, as our podcast <laughs> is, like you know, I I have. We didn't say the best work. We just said we put in work. Well, here's and, the, I, and I think it's got better. But here's the thing, I like I have a job. I actually run a business. I run my own business, and if I don't work and I don't do my work then I don't make money, um, and this the, this business will not succeed. But there are times when I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, shit, I need to get my research done, and I spend several hours a week. We spend hours recording and editing. Well, okay, not editing. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> pretend that I edit. But um, we, we spend money on the hosting, and this is not a plea for money we're doing fine and it's not that expensive but basically what i'm saying is podcasters put i mean if we're putting this level of energy and time and money into this medium imagine what legit people are doing you know it podcasters do a lot of work you know podcasters put in a lot of work and if you don't like something, that's cool. Like, that's not a problem. I understand if you don't want to listen to us. Like, that's okay. And it's even okay to let us know why if you feel the need. If you feel like, look, I was looking for this. You've gotten kind of like this. If you really feel like you want to share that, that's fine. But it's just like sometimes I feel like on reviews and on comments, it's just like almost acting like we should be ashamed of how we're doing things because someone doesn't like us. And it's like, well, first of all, we're making jack shit off this podcast. We do it because we have fun doing it, because we want to do it, and we want to do it the way we want to do it. And we really hope that you like it. We do. We do. And we love our listeners very much. You guys are awesome. We love it when you interact with us. And we've got some really amazing people who do. Um, And even the lurkers who don't. We love you too. You're awesome. And it's just the idea of this entitlement that it's supposed to be something that you want it to be. It's like maybe it's supposed to be the thing that the people who are making it want it to be. Sure. And if you like it, that's fantastic. Awesome. 
And if you don't, there's lots of other content for you to consume Um, without maybe feeling the need to make people feel like they're doing something wrong. Because just because you you don't like something doesn't mean that people who are putting out free content are doing something wrong. So that's what I wanted to say. And I'm not saying that just for us, but for any other podcast that you listen to, consider that before you review, consider that before you try to give feedback, just this is free content. We, everyone is doing this because they like it. They want, nobody's in podcasting to get rich. No. (laughs) If they are, they're stupid. Exactly. (laughs) And it's very few who actually do make it to that level. So, um... You know, yeah, it's, we're not going out on tour. No, probably, probably so. ever. <laughs> probably not. Certainly not anytime Although, soon. Although, um, a listener, and oh my god, I'm so sorry, I forgot your name already, but um, messaged us today and said um, he it suggested a a topic and then said, oh hey, if whenever you cover this, can I get a signed copy? Because I want it before you're famous. And he's, he was like, because it's only a matter of time. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, that is the sweetest thing. Isn't that sweet? It is. It's incredibly sweet. I'm glad sweet. somebody feels that way. Right? I certainly don't. Right? So nice. So nice. So that's what we want to build is like that. If you like us, awesome. Reach out. We like you, too. And if you don't, it's okay to just move along. Sure. Like, there's other stuff out there and probably stuff that you're more interested in. And it's also, for me, it's okay to criticize. But, you know. It, but, it just but makes don't, it... don't, just rule of thumb. And this person wasn't being, I don't think. No, they weren't being but, a uh, jerk or anything. Yeah, just don't be that. But for me, I... The way I look at this is uh, we have fun doing it. We're going to do it no matter what. And we're going to do it the way we want to yeah. do it. Because otherwise, it's not worth it to me. We we really to very much do in. appreciate the people that, that do listen to yes. us. Um, because now that we figured out we can have it just release at midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very helpful. <laughs> By the time like I get up to check out to see how many listens... It, it already has like two hundred some. It's because of our um, international. Yes, people. we've got we've got some good people. Australians, you guys are such supporters of podcasts. Yes, you are. Like it's amazing, and if and you you're want awesome. to, if you want to invite us, <laughs> all in the, all expenses paid. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. We'll we'll just get there eventually. Just give us a, just give us a Casper mattress. <laughs> Why do you, we have a perfectly good mattress? We do, but I would like one of those instead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's sort of my end rant of all of this. It's it's just that I don't mind criticism per se. It's just that I I really wish that it was just like I don't ask for like adulation or anything. It's just like do recognize that like if you want to be the person sitting there doing all this research for hours, like you, you totally can and go ahead, do it. Yeah. Start that podcast. That's, my That's thing. awesome. If, if you haven't heard the podcast that you want, make then, it. Then, yeah, exactly. And the amount of time we put into this podcast with as little production quality as it has, I cannot hey, imagine. We, we have very fine production quality, mind you. <laughs> with the you. cat screaming in the background. Yes, and the old comforter we don't use anymore as a sound barrier. <laughs> but I think what a lot of people are expecting is like NPR, and I'm like, I'm sorry. No. We have nothing behind us. Nope. 
including we don't have journalism degrees, we're not professional broadcasters, even though my teleprompter reading when we were playing around the other night was pretty damn good. Even though I did go to school for radio and television broadcasting. For how long? For four months. But I do remember some things. <laughs> I'm not saying that to get down on oh, your, I know. your I know education. You're not. I know you're not. I, just, just, it's like you do know that people go to school for four years or more to get to do that. Do yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, they do. I can't count that high. <laughs> All right, that's it. And rant. Yes. Moving along, you guys are awesome. If you stuck through that, then you're like uber listener and good on you. So, and now you get to hear David try to pronounce it. Absolutely. So this has been the Wangong Chang. Very good. Armor explosion. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week and... Know your exits, especially in a munitions plant. Yes. You know I always cut you off.